to save six figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. This is going to be a really good episode today. We're going to talk about owner's pay, which is something that we've talked about before on the podcast, but I think it's been a while since we've done a dedicated owner's pay episode. Um, I'm going to tell you guys a personal story about a recent pay increase I gave myself and all the drama that came with that. And, um, and yeah, I think we're going to touch on a lot of things that we've covered before, but maybe never quite in this detail. So stick around. It's going to be a really, really good episode. So I am recording this podcast right off of the heels of my most successful launch ever, which is just, I'm still like reeling. I'm still processing everything that happened over the last two weeks. Um, But it was just so amazing for the Seven Figure Wealth Mastermind. We're starting this week. I'm getting everything ready for the um, onboarding event. And then my family and I, we're going to go on a two-week vacation to New York, Italy, and Greece which I'm just so excited for. I'm not bringing my laptop. It's going to be a whole vibe. It's going to be so, so good. We're going for a family member's wedding because we have lots of family in Greece. And and yeah, I'm just like in this headspace of like, I just did this really big thing and it's super exciting. And and I'm like, I think I need to process. <laughs> I think I need to process. So maybe when I come back, I'll do a whole detailed breakdown of, of the launch. But for now, I want to talk about owner's pay because this kind of was happening at the same time as the launch and also kind of all year. Um, and I had I had lots of mindset drama, you guys. So let's talk about it. Let's Let's go to the top. My goal for this year, 2023, my personal finance goal, was to give myself a raise to be paying myself a hundred and twenty thousand, yeah, one hundred and twenty thousand dollars this year. So paying myself ten k per month post tax. So after tax, I wanted to be bringing home ten k a month. And all of last year, I paid myself seven k. Seven k consistently. It's a great salary. Like I was super happy with it. It's not that I wasn't happy with seven. It's just that I felt like, okay, new year, time for a raise. I'd love to get to 10 this year. It seems like the next milestone. So uh, what I did early on in the year was I kind of created a plan on a page. And this year is my year of launching. So I'm doing five launches this year. I'm no longer selling one-on-one. I'm no longer doing evergreen selling. So I'm like really financially banking on these launches. And of course, that's not to say like I couldn't sell one-on-one again, of course, but the plan is to do five launches this year. So at the beginning of the year, I created a plan on a page where I basically created my under goals for each launch. Um, under goaling is a, is a method by my coach, DL Sharon. I think she has an entire podcast episode about it. So go listen to that. But I created my under goals for these launches and I mapped it out across the full year. And According to that plan on the page, plus all of my expenses throughout the year, I was not going to be able to to hit my 10K owner's pay until like maybe December, maybe November, but it definitely felt like an end of year thing. And although I'm fine with that, right? Like I said, I'm perfectly happy with my 7K owner's pay. It was kind of a bummer, <laughs> like to be honest, I was like, man, okay, like 
well, that's fine. I guess I'll just focus on my launches. But like November, December, maybe I'll be able to do it and maybe not. And I think doing that exercise honestly kind of discouraged me. I think that's really normal. That happens to a lot of my clients when we sit down and we create a plan financially and that's like not as sexy as we thought. And it's kind of like, oh, bummer, <laughs> bummer. So I kind of just like stuck with my 7 pay owner, 7K owner's pay. And I kind of just like left it at that. I was like, okay, whatever, I guess... I guess that's that. And um, and my launch in February for Six Figure Saver was my biggest launch to date at that time. We hit 60K, which is insane. It's so fun, so juicy. But also, you know, like my expenses are quite high in my business. As I'm scaling, I'm hiring more team members and my software expenses have increased and my merchant fee, like everything is increasing. So although 60K was super exciting and I was really proud of myself, it still wasn't enough for me to increase my owner's pay. And um, and so going into my seven-figure wealth launch, on paper, I couldn't afford my raise. It was just like not in the cards right now. I also had a couple contractor painfuls. Just like it felt like a lot was going on and it just was something that I kept telling myself is going to happen in November, December. It's just, it's going to happen later. And, and then at one point I was doing my, my budget for the month. I always pre-plan my expenses for the upcoming month. And I see what recurring revenue I have to see if I have any Delta. So if I am going to be profitable that month, or if I'm not going to be profitable, if I need to make up any difference. So I was doing my plan on, on a page. I think this was in March. And I had this just little thought like, okay, well, if I put 10K as my owner's pay right now, even though like I know the plan on the page says I can't do it, if I did that now, would I be able to afford it or not? And here's the thing that happens. Um, When we are in fear or when we're anxious of something, and I I wouldn't even say that I was in full on fear, like I just kind of was resigned at that point, but when we're in fear of our finances, fear loves being vague. Fear thrives on being vague and specificity is the enemy of fear. Fear doesn't last long in specificity. So when it comes to our finances, when we feel like we can't do something, when we're afraid of something, often I'll notice with my clients, we will not do the math if we're afraid. And then the moment we do the math and we figure out how much something would cost or be, it's actually not that scary. And that's exactly what happened when I put that 10K owner's pay in my plan for March. I was like, okay, I know ahead of time that I'm not going to be able to hit this, but what would it say? How much am I missing to be able to hit this? And I think it was only a couple thousand dollars off where I was going into the negative a couple thousand dollars in order to pay myself 10K. And I was like, you know what? That's not that bad. It's not like I'm $20,000 off and I need to make up $20,000. Being a couple thousand dollars off feels achievable. Like I could somehow make that money work. And immediately what happens when you get specific with your numbers is your brain starts creating a plan. You see, oh, I'm negative $3,000. Okay, how could I make that up? Well, I could sell this, I could sell that. I could get this kind of painful. I could do this resign. Your brain starts coming up with ideas. And this is what I say, like fear loves vagueness. Fear thrives when you don't have a plan. 
And so going in and seeing the numbers really helps eliminate that fear oftentimes. So what I decided to do was give myself the raise. I was like, I know on paper it's, it says I'm not ready, <laughs> but I'm going to give myself the raise anyways. And there were a couple lessons I learned from this that I want to share for you, whether you are planning on giving yourself an owner's pay raise this year, even if you like don't have an owner's pay at all. But I think that this also applies to saving and hitting any financial goal. So listen with whatever financial goal you have in mind. I want you to listen through that lens. And, and I think that this will be really, really helpful. So the first lesson I learned is that I can rise to the occasion. When I gave myself that goal, I allowed myself to rise to the occasion instead of just saying, oh, it's okay, 7K is fine. Like, I'll just, I'll just stay with 7K. I realized in that moment, I was hitting a capacity ceiling for how much I could pay myself. So if you're in Six Figure Saver, you've heard me talk about this before, this idea of a capacity ceiling. It's a self-imposed ceiling on some aspect of your money. We have capacity ceilings for everything. We have capacity ceilings for how much we can pay ourselves, for how much we can earn, for how much we spend each month, for how much we can save. We have capacity ceilings in all aspects of our money, and everybody has capacity ceilings. It's just at different levels. Like, billionaires have capacity ceilings. People making five figures a year have capacity. Everybody has a capacity ceiling at different levels. The the hard thing is recognizing when you're hitting one and then going through the discomfort of pushing past it into the next level. So I realized, oh, I'm hitting a capacity ceiling with how much I can pay myself. I feel safe paying myself $7,000 a month and $10,000 feels unachievable. It feels it's not scary, but it just feels like, yeah, like unachievable, unrealistic. It feels like, you know what it felt like? 10K felt like I have to do so much work before I can pay myself 10K. It's just a lot of stuff, right? I have to do all these launches and I have to do all these emails and I have to sell and I have to sell this many spots. And it's like, it felt like so much work. And 7K just felt safe. It felt easy. It felt comfortable because I've been doing it for over 12 months. It felt like a no brainer, whereas 10K felt unachievable. And so I realized I was hitting this capacity ceiling and you'll realize when you're hitting a capacity ceiling, when instead of deciding what you want first and then planning to execute, you're waiting. I was waiting. You're waiting until you feel safe. You're waiting until you hit some launch goal. You're waiting until you have just one more one-on-one client. You're waiting until your business savings are overflowing. And I was doing the same thing. I see my clients do this constantly for all different types of financial goals. You're waiting for something, some undefined thing specifically, right? Like some vague thing. My business savings are overflowing. What does that even mean? You hit your launch goal. Well, what is your launch goal? You feel safe. What does it mean to feel safe? You're waiting for this vague feeling 
before you act. And when we find that we're waiting for something before we make a goal happen, we give away our power. We don't plan for our goals and we don't take meaningful action towards them. We just sit in waiting. We just wait. And sometimes people wait a very long time. Sometimes people never stop waiting. We're always just waiting for the thing. I see this so often with my savers before they, they join six figure saver, before they work with me, I hear a lot of people who are like, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to save once I have a bigger business or I'm going to save once this thing happens. I'm going to start doing, I'm going to buy the house once I have a down payment fund. We're waiting and waiting is usually an indication that you're hitting a capacity ceiling. So when I realized that that's what, what, that is what I was doing, I decided instead to plan to pay myself 10K and then allow myself to rise to the occasion to make it work. Also, knowing that if I failed, if for some reason I wasn't able to make it work in whatever timeline I gave myself, it was also okay, right? I, I gave myself the grace that I'm going to go for this goal. And if I don't hit the goal, it doesn't mean anything about me. It doesn't mean I'm bad with money. It doesn't mean anything. I can just go back to paying myself 7K and it's fine. I think that that's such a crucial part because so often we let our goals add pressure to our businesses. We tell ourselves, I have to hit this goal, otherwise blank. I have to hit this goal right now, Otherwise, I'm bad at business, or otherwise, nobody wants my service, or otherwise, I'm just bad with money, or otherwise, I'm always reckless, right? We make our goals add pressure, and they don't have to. In fact, I think it's so much easier to hit a goal when you don't let it add pressure. And notice I say, like, let it. I was very intentional going into that planning process that, hey, I'm going into doing something I've wanted to do. I'm doing it like nine months ahead of schedule. That's a little bit scary and I may not hit it and it's okay, but I would rather plan and try to hit it now and at least give myself the chance to surprise myself versus continue waiting. And again, if it doesn't happen, it's okay. It doesn't mean anything. It it doesn't mean anything. And I think that is such a crucial part of at least the planning process for me. So lesson number one, give yourself the opportunity to rise to the occasion instead of sitting in waiting for something to happen. Things don't just happen financially. We make them happen. You're an entrepreneur. (laughs) Entrepreneurs literally make their own money. And so saving, giving yourself an owner's pay raise, paying off a credit card, buying a new car, buying the house, getting the nanny, whatever it is, is something that you can decide to plan for and make happen instead of just waiting for. That was a big lesson for me. And like I said, no matter how advanced we are, no matter how far along we are in business, no matter our revenue, all of us have capacity ceilings. And if you are not afraid of your financial goals right now, that just means you're, you haven't hit your capacity ceiling yet. You have a bit of ways to go, but you'll know you've hit a capacity ceiling when you start feeling avoidant, when you start like 
retracting back and shrinking when you start deciding like, no, I'll just stay with what's comfortable. And when you keep everything vague, that's when we usually are hitting a capacity ceiling. And we can either go through the uncomfortable work of trying to move past it, or we will stay under it. Okay, so that's lesson number one. Lesson number two, this is financial leadership. I see this a lot of times when people ask me like, hey, Gina, like, do I need Six Figure Saver or do I need a financial coach? Because like I have a bookkeeper and they give me P&Ls, so I'm financially organized. And first of all, I love that you're financially organized. I love that you're getting P&Ls, but your money isn't going to tell you what's possible. Your P&L doesn't tell you okay, you're ready to save now, or okay, you can pay yourself more now, or okay, you can invest in that five-figure mastermind. Your P&L and your money does not tell you what's possible. You should tell your money what to do. You have to decide what's possible or what you want or what your goal is. You need to then go and gather the facts For example, for me, right, with my owner's pay increase, gathering the facts looked like, okay, if I decided to pay myself 10K now with how much money I'm earning and my other expenses in the mix, can I make it happen or am I in the negative? And then if so, how much in the negative, right? Those are all neutral facts. So I decided something, I went and gathered the facts, and then you go make it happen, right? This is like what I was saying. This is what entrepreneurs do. We lead our money. We are not led by it. I'll say that again. As an entrepreneur, you can lead your money. You do not have to be led by it. And again, sometimes that can feel scary. (laughs) That can feel scary because it's like, well, what if I don't hit the goal? What if I don't make it happen in the timeline? And oftentimes that just means that maybe you're adding too much pressure to hit a goal in a certain timeline, but that doesn't mean that setting a goal and failing isn't leading. Does that make sense? Like you can lead your money by setting a goal and trying and fail, but you're still in control. Being led by your money looks like waiting, right? I'm waiting for the P&L to say I'm X amount positive. We do not need to wait. We get to lead. And guess what? As we know, I hate this. I really hate it. (laughs) But as we know, like trial and error is such a big part of entrepreneurship. Trying and failing and letting that failure not mean anything about you and then trying again is such a huge part of learning and eventually hitting your goals faster. But we need to, we need to give ourselves the option to try. So that's what I did when I decided, okay, I'm going to give myself this 10K owner's pay raise today. I want to do it now. I don't want to wait until December. What would it take to do it now? I'm leading. I'm not being led by. And by the way, like for the first all of Q1, I was being led by my money. I was waiting. I was looking. I was like, oh, well, it says that I was negative in January, and I barely broke even in February, even though I had a big launch. And then in March, I was negative again. And then like, it's just like, 
I was letting the numbers tell me what I could do instead of saying, no, this is what we're going to do and we got to make it happen. So financial leadership is leading your money. Okay, number three, and I think I've touched on this in the other two in a variety of ways, but you need to cultivate financial safety. I've talked a lot about this recently with with clients, with peers of mine. Um, So many of us feel that financial safety is a number. I hear clients say all the time, I will feel safe when I have 50,000 in my bank account. I will feel safe when I've signed 10 one-on-one clients. I will feel safe when I have one sales call on my calendar a week. I will feel safe when I hit the six-figure launch. And it's like very much we're letting our safety be determined by external factors. And, and it's funny, like, <laughs> I asked them, okay, what do you need to do to create that result? Let's, let's go with the 50K in savings. I had someone say that to me. Um, they, were, they were not, they had about 12K in savings and they were not feeling safe. They were feeling very financially anxious and afraid and a little bit panicked. And I asked them like, okay, what would it take to feel safe? And she said, I need 50K. And I'm like, okay, what do you need to do? What actions do you need to take to save 50K? And she listed out all these actions. She said, okay, well, I would need to take my launch more seriously and I would need to have X amount more sales. Like we did the math, right? We're leading, we did the math. I would have to, um, what, what, what else was it? I would have to like not spend overspend emotionally. I would have to do all these things. And then I asked her, are you doing those things right now while you're feeling panicked? And she was like, no. (laughs) So I said, what are you doing because you're feeling panicked? And she said, I'm avoiding, I'm not looking at my numbers. I barely log into my bank account. I am like kind of avoiding my launch. I'm doing all these things. Right. And, and then I told her something and it, blew her mind. And it's not fun, but it's so necessary. Okay. So you ready? I told her in order to create that 50 K that you think will make you feel safe, you need to feel safe now so that you can do all the things that you just listed out that will create the result you're looking for, which is that 50 K having the 50 K won't make you feel safe. Feeling safe now will help you create the 50K. And then I told her, cause she pushed back. She was like, ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> she was like, no, I really think the 50K will just make me feel safe and I just have to do it, right? A lot of people say that. They're like, I just gotta do it. I know what I gotta do. I just gotta do it, but they're not. So I told her, I was, I was like, you're a mom, right? She's like, yeah. I said, well, safety creates more safety. I want you to think about like, the household and the environment that you create for your kids. You are working hard to create a safe environment for them, an emotionally safe, a financially safe, a like security-wise safe. Like you're working hard as a parent to create a safe environment for your kids. And the result of that is that your kids will feel safe and then they will go out and create more safety for other people. Because they felt safe in their childhoods, 
they will create safety in their relationships, in their friendships, in their romantic relationships. If they become parents one day, they will lead by your example and create more safety. Safety creates safety. Similar to how like calm creates calm. I was, I was telling her like, it's easy to say, I will feel calm when my kids are calm, <laughs> right? We're waiting. Again, we're waiting for that external factor, our kids, our kids' emotions. I'll feel calm when my kids feel calm. And I was like, yeah, but what if they'll feel calm when you are calm? And, and it's like, when you do it first, it creates more. So when it comes to like breaking through these, um, these capacity ceilings, when it comes to hitting your goals for me, when it came to hitting my 10 K owner's pay, we have to create emotional safety now with where we're at. We have to work on loving our bank account the way it is. We have to work on loving our businesses at the current income level we're at. When we create emotional safety with our finances, we are, we have more capacity to go and create the financial results that we want. Just think about the quality of your actions, the quality of your marketing, the quality of your coaching, the quality of your email writing, the quality of your Instagram posts. When you feel safe, the quality is better and the better quality creates better results. When you feel panicked and anxious, you get a little graspy. You get like kind of weird. <laughs> like I know I get kind of weird, right? And the way we do that, I, I think one of my favorite ways to do that with clients, because they're like, okay, Gina, like I need to feel safe now, but how do I do that? There's a couple ways depending on what you're struggling with uniquely. But um, one of my favorite things to do with clients who are really struggling with fear and panic is this thing called fear casting. It's like forecasting for your fear. So we go, okay, you want to do this thing, but you're afraid. We want to create safety now. What is the worst case scenario? What's the worst, worst, worst case scenario? So let's, let's take my 10K owner's pay, for example. The worst case scenario, the thing that I'm so afraid of is that I won't be able to pay myself 10K. And then, okay, if that happened, then what would happen? Okay, well, the worst case scenario is that I have to go back to paying myself 7K. Or maybe the worst case scenario is that I have such a bad month that I have to pay myself zero. I can't pay myself at all. So we list out the worst, worst, worst case scenario. And then I like to ask myself a couple questions. One, what would I do in the short term if that happened? Okay, if I messed up my business so much that I couldn't pay myself at all, the what would I do? I would use my savings to pay the bills in my personal life. Okay, that's a short-term solution. What is a long-term solution? What could you do in the long-term to remedy that? Well, I could figure out what went wrong in my business and try to fix it. And if that doesn't work, again, we could go back to like worst case scenario, I can get a job again. I could go drive for Uber. I could get a job at Starbucks. I could go back to my old employer and ask for my job back. 
right? So what is a short-term solution if the worst case scenario happens? What is a long-term solution? And then what's the likelihood of that actually happening? So worst case scenario, I can't pay myself at all. Short-term solution, I use savings. Long-term solution, I have to get a job. What's the likelihood of that actually happening at all? Actually pretty low. Because before before going down to paying myself zero, I could use my business reserves to keep paying myself. I could cut expenses. I could tell my OBM I can't pay them anymore and I have to let them go and I have to prioritize myself first. I could sell more one-on-one packages again, right? I could open up my evergreen funnel again. So what is the likelihood of the thing that you're most afraid of to happen? And I like to just go one by one, go through every single fear because your brain will keep giving them to you. (laughs) No, but if that happens, then what about this? Then what about this? Then what about this? So I just go through every fear. I write it down. What's my short-term solution? What's my long-term solution? What's the likelihood of this happening? And then you have a plan because sometimes worst case scenarios do happen, right? I'm not trying to negate that, but now you have a plan. So that's just one example of the kinds of exercises I do with my clients to help them create financial safety now. There's lots of different types depending on what your unique situation is and how you're feeling. But I would say my third lesson in paying myself this increase now versus waiting until December is creating financial safety now. Creating financial safety now. I think I talked about this in the in the first lesson, which was rising to the occasion, right? I said very clearly, if I fail, it's okay. I'm still safe to try because if I fail, I have a contingency plan. I'll just go back to paying myself 7K. Or if that fails, I'll go sell one-on-one, right? Or I'll use my credit cards or I'll use my savings, Creating financial safety is such an important part of breaking through capacity ceilings because capacity ceilings can feel scary. It's like literally going through a metamorphosis and going and deciding to do that work, deciding to intentionally break through a capacity ceiling is a lot easier when you've cultivated emotional safety. So those are my three lessons for you today. And guess what? I was able to pay myself 10K. (laughs) I was able to pay myself 10K. I had such an outrageous launch for Seven Figure Wealth. I'm still kind of in awe of myself. And I am more than able to afford my 10K now because I gave myself the permission to rise to the occasion. And I gave myself the permission to fail even if I couldn't. And I didn't make that mean anything about myself. And I think, I really truly think because I did that, because I took the pressure off my launch, it helped me overperform. I think my launch overperformed so well because I didn't put pressure on it to overperform. I gave myself a little baby goal and I told myself it would be okay no matter what, and I truly took the pressure off, and then I just had fun in my launch. And it turns out that that created a better launch. So I think that this is also a lesson in scaling, in scaling your business and scaling your your programs, is I, I think it's really hard to scale under pressure, and so much financial pressure is pressure that we're adding to ourselves. 
I also think it's really hard to scale when we don't feel safe and, and when we don't have, when we aren't creating financial leadership, right? When we're like waiting, it's really hard to scale if you're just waiting for it to happen. Same with your savings, same with your owner's pay, same with your investments, same with all financial things. Okay. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful. I would be so jazzed and appreciate if you guys gave us a review wherever you're listening to this. Um, And if you shared us on social media, if you liked this episode, tag me at Gina Knox. Otherwise, I'll see you guys in the next episode and, and then I'll catch you later. All right, take it easy.